You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. Welcome in, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Klim. It is officially the end of Super Bowl week. We hope we can get your weekend started off right with us. I am joined, of course, by former my former co-host and now host of the Corner Route Pod coming to you in a few weeks. Savannah Dean is back. Savannah, welcome back. Thank you. She's excited to talk Super Bowl. I am, too. See, this is good now because now I don't have to deal with Kevin just being like downplaying the game like he was post po- like post show. So oh, I'm not excited. I'm like, dude, are you kidding? This might be the best Super Bowl I've watched since Philly since the Phil. Well, I mean, two years ago because that that Super Bowl was amazing. But this Super Bowl is going to be awesome because you know what the problem is, Savannah, you're you're around my age. You're you're 24. I'm 25. I'm almost 25. Um, every the first Super Bowl I remember was Rams Patriots. Bucks and Raiders, I don't remember that much. I barely watched it. I remember um, Panthers, Patriots being kind of boring. Eagles, Patriots had the first, Eagles, Patriots round one had me on the edge of my seat. Uh, Seahawks, uh, Steelers was amazing. Um, Bears, Colts, besides Devin Hester, it was a one sided game. Um, then you, you know, you had, you know, the helmet catch and everything with Tyree. Then you had, um, Santonio Holmes being one of the greatest catches of all time, you know, with the Steelers being the Cardinals. Um, I think who won in 09? Was that before the year before your Packers won? Who won that year? Thanks. Oh yeah. The onside kick, Tracy Porter's pick six. Um, then, of course, your Packers with a, a loaded defense, a young Aaron Rodgers, and a Steelers team that was kind of old beside on defense. And then the next year you had the the Giants sneaking into the playoffs, knocking off the 15-1 Packers, then just steamrolling everyone else. And then Wes Welker's dropsies and Mario Manningham with the catch of his life. And then you fast forward to my senior year of high school, which was probably one of the funnest Super Bowls I've watched in my life, which was Ravens, San Francisco 49ers, Kaepernick versus Joe Flacco. Um, the lights going out in the Superdome, Ray Lewis's last ride. Turned out to be Ed Reed's last ride, too. You had Jacoby Jones basically dominate half that game on special teams and offense. Um... Then the following year, of course, you had the worst Super Bowl, second worst Super Bowl I ever watched in my life. Basically, me and my buddy, Con- my boy Connor, who listens to the show, shout out, um, left my dorm room, walked outside into the quad, and threw the football around halfway through the third quarter. Like, I was for Seahawks-Broncos. Round, uh, I was so, like, I mean, I was happy because I was rooting for the Seahawks because I wanted to see them get a title, but I was just like, it was the most boring Super Bowl I'd ever seen because it was just like a, it was like watching a Madden game. It was an onslaught. And then you have uh, Patriots Seahawks, which was an amazing game with the Malcolm Butler pick, and they just should have ran it. Then the third worst Super Bowl I've ever watched in my life, which was Manning's last ride against the Panthers, where Cam Newton proved he's kind of not about going for fumbles. Then, then you had the epic comeback of 20-3. Then you had probably the greatest night of my life um, when the Eagles beat Brady. And I 
could not – I was frozen with a tear coming down my face. I was, like, ecstatic. I couldn't believe that I was, like, witnessing what I was witnessing. It was bittersweet, though, because, you know, I would have loved to see number 11 for one of those passes, and he would have done better than Foles. I can book that. Um, then, of course, you had uh, the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched in my life last year, which was Rams uh, – Patriots 10 to 3 was the final score. And this is just Savannah. This remember that old you know that old adage, right? You never sent a child to do a man's job. Mm-hmm. The child being Sean McVay, the man being Doug Peterson. I and also I've been calling it since that Super Bowl. I've had a vendetta against the Rams for making me watch an abomination of a game that there were gonna be absolute cheeks this year, and they were. So that is your recap of every Super Bowl I remember. And we're going to get started quick. Before we break down today's game, we got a couple of uh, headlines quick. So we're going to get into um, the run. We're going to get into what's what's on tap quickly here. Uh, first off, Curtis Granderson, uh, officially retiring the one time the – I remember most as a Yankee, but as a Detroit Tiger as well and a New York Met. was an all-star for two of those three teams. A good power-hitting outfielder. It's way too skinny for how much pop he had off that bat, but you know what? It was fun to watch. I did have a Grandy shirt when I was a kid because, you know, I rooted for the Yankees as a proxy team when my Diamondbacks were cheeks, even though I was always a Snakes fan at heart. Um, now we got some uh, NBA news. Aaron Gordon has announced he will be in the, the dunk contest in Savannah. I don't know if you know this about me. I am a huge dunk contest guy. I watch it every single year. Especially back in college when I got to watch my boy Zach Levine win two chips for my wolf to uh to a dunk contest championships for my wolves, and then we traded him for Jimmy Butler, which still hurts. Um, but those Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine dunk contests were incredible. I loved watching them, and I'm really happy he's coming back because I really the dunk contests need things like this. So. I really hope they get some more good people for it as well. Uh, any thoughts on Aaron Gordon coming back to the dunk contest? Um, I actually don't really watch the dunk contest very much. It's more for me. I just like, watch the highlights afterwards because I feel like that's more of the thrilling part of it. See, you know what's so weird? I, you know, I th- I see your point. It's only because maybe when I was a kid, I my first dunk contest I got to watch was Mari Stoudemire versus I can't remember who he lost to. It was 05. And uh, I think it was 05 in Denver. And basically, I just remember how cool it was seeing the highlights. I remember as a kid staying up and voting for Dwight Howard versus uh, Nate Robinson and Gerald Green versus Dwight Howard and all these crazy games. And I just, you know what? It, it's so much fun to me. The overall disappointment of LeBron James never participating and now he's old, so it's kind of ruining it. I really <laughs> want Andrew Wiggins to participate because that man can jump out of the damn ceiling. So watching him do some crazy dunks would be fun. Um, I don't know. I, I love the dunk contest. I think it's it's one thing the NBA All-Star Weekend gets right. The three-point shootout is really, really boring because these guys shoot just shoot balls and warm-ups. It's not impressive. It's I, I'd rather watch the celebrity game and the dunk contest. That's basically it for the NBA All-Star game. So, yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, you you like, and me both – oh, sorry. I didn't mean to catch up. No, it's okay. I was just going to say, I feel like I normally always watch the All-Star game, but the way that they're changing it just, like, is so odd that I might actually focus on the dunk contest this year. I don't watch the All-Star game. It's it's not – it's it's because the one year I did watch it, 
I think it was it was it was Denver. I just it was just it was so, it were cool highlight plays, but like I actually appreciate defense. Yeah. I appreciate competitiveness. So that's why I like the dunk contest because they these guys are going at it trying to hooping one up each other. That's why I love the home run derby, and that's why I love I I, I love events like that. I mean, I even love the Pro Bowl to a certain extent because there was some competitiveness, and I love yep. the skills competition because those are funny. Yeah, I, I love in the skills. Yeah, so I don't know, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, NFL news now. Drew, um, well, when we were talked about this already, but uh, Drew Brees says 50-50. But another NFL, uh, NFL vet is uh, packing his bags. But this one actually might get a job somewhere. Uh, former Miami Hurricane and current, well, now former Carolina Panther, Greg Olson, probably one of the top tight ends of our generation, has told uh, the Panthers, and the Panthers agreed that they're going to split ways. He will uh, be a free agent this upcoming offseason. I could see him going to like a New England or a, a maybe a Green Bay, someplace that just needs a veteran tight end along with maybe a young one, just to kind of maybe hopefully get him a championship. Kind of nice to see that happen for him. Yeah, I just feel like he's kind of, I don't want to say fallen off because that's the wrong thing, but he just hasn't played as much and been as much of an impact as he did when he first came to Carolina. He was, you know, thousand yards almost every season, like multiple, like double digit touchdowns. And then he only plays seven games in 2017. He only plays nine in 2018. Um, well, your body I, starts breaking down though. That's the thing. And also, yeah. I, I also will put some of the blame of that on Cam Newton. Yeah. Cause Cam is a very inconsistent quarterback. I mean, you give him a decent quarterback. He still might put up good career numbers. I think the thousand yard multi, like double digit touchdown seasons are behind him. Yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he ever actually topped both of those. I think he topped maybe a thousand yards once, but I, I mean, with Olsen, I think he was always a good deep threat vertical tight end. Now he's kind of transitioning to a possession catch kind of guy, like almost like what Ertz Wit uh, Ertz Witten kind of type. So yeah. <clears throat> I think with um, with this going forward, I think with er, um, Olsen, he'll be a good number two tight end. So maybe a really athletic young one, maybe Oakland. Alongside David Waller, or uh, or uh, out to Miami, or, or like some place where they have a good young tight end, but they need a number two. I think it's a good fit yeah. for. Him. I I've seen some reports that he might follow around Rivera though, so I don't necessarily think that'll be bad for the Redskins. I mean, they they do need. Well, I mean, Vernon Davis. I don't know much how much tread he's got left on those tires. Yeah. So. And Jordan Reed has the injury has an injury report longer than his resume, so. Girl. Connecticut's finest. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so moving on. Um, we're actually going to start talking Super Bowl. So, Savannah, me and Kevin basically just broke down our thoughts on the game earlier, and we really didn't go too much into detail. Monday's show is more or less about Kobe Bryant. Um, well, I said to Kevin, and I said – Multiple times, everyone's because I've had multiple people listen to the show who, you know, go to the gym with me, friends of mine, all ask me the same question. Who do you got? And I'm like, it's weird because I look at the game. It's going to come down to three things. Patrick, it's going to come down to the Niners pass rush and their ability to keep Mahomes off the field on offense. And mm-hmm. can Patrick Mahomes get the ball off into that shaky Niners secondary 
before the pass rush gets to him. Right. Because that secondary besides Sherm is eh. It's not an it's not an elite secondary by any stretch, and Patrick Mahomes shredded an elite a very a much better secondary the week before in Tennessee. Tennessee has two two great corners, a great and two one good and one great safety. So I'm looking at this game and I'm like, ah, oof. Me, yeah. uh, it's like it, it's it's all, all going to be about if Bosa and the boys can get to Mahomes early. They can get yeah. to Mahomes and make a play catch up. But the even thing is, if they play catch up, we saw that last week or two weeks ago. Twenty four was a thirty something points unanswered against the Texans. Twenty four answered against the uh, against the uh, Titans. Like really, it's right. it's it's. I'm waiting for the eruption. But on the other side of the ball. With uh, with um, San Fran, you have all these guys who are meant to drain clock. You've got a run-first team. You've got a smart quarterback who can beat you but chooses to manage the game. You have a tight end who loves to just take the ball and drag tacklers behind him. It's two polar opposites. I love it. It's, it's got me really intrigued here. So what are your thoughts on the game? Before we get into prop bets, prop bets and picks. Well, as much as I wanted the Packers to be in the Super Bowl, clearly San Francisco is the better team, and I really think that this is the best possible matchup we can get for this Super Bowl. I think that it's going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, even though I know that San Francisco's defense is amazing. Patrick Mahomes is known for those big plays. He's always throwing the ball downfield. Like he can, he always has a bunch of receivers that can, you know, go deep and catch the ball no matter who's around him. Tyreek Hill is vertical is like ridiculous. So, and like you said, they have uh, 49ers have a shaky secondary. So for me, it's all about if Patrick Mahomes, like you said, can escape the pass rush, because if he can escape the pass rush, then I think, Kansas City has a way higher chance of winning this game than the 49ers do because, yes, the 49ers can run it down your throat all they want. They've shown it the last two weeks against the Vikings and against the Packers, but it, it really comes down to Patrick Mahomes for me and then this game and if he can produce. If he can't get away from that line, then, like I said, San Francisco is just going to run it down their throat and they're going to end up taking owning time of possession and keeping Mahomes off the field and scoring a bunch of points and taking home the win. Okay. All right. So we're getting a little quick game here before we get into picks. We're we did so you know everyone's got these crazy prop bets about the NFL. So me and Savannah are going to go through a couple things and we're going to say who we think will get the first you know sack turnover touchdown whatever. All right. So who is going to score the first touchdown of the Super Bowl? That's so that's so hard. How do you pick that? Because you don't know who gets the ball first. I'm going to say Travis Kelsey. I'm going to say Tyreek Hill. Actually, no, no, no. Changing my answer. Oh. Raheem Morissette. Yeah. I was I thinking. Think, I think because the Chargers are always a slow starting team, and I think the, the Niners are going to get on the ball, get down the field first, and they're going to punch it with Morissette. All right, next up, who, which team 
gets the fir- forces the first turnover. Ooh. Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw interceptions in the in the playoffs. He just doesn't. So I'm gonna say the Chiefs force the first turnover. See, I have the Niners forcing the first turnover of turnover. I think that in early in the game, Mahomes is gonna Mahomes is an adjuster. He's gonna have to he's gonna have to adjust a little bit on the fly because I don't think he's played a pass rush this dominant yet. So and um so double up the bet, the bet. Who on the uh, Chiefs is gonna is gonna is gonna be a pick or is it gonna be a fumble? I think it's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a pick. All right. So, what do you think? Like Honey Badger, Kendall Fuller. Yeah, for sure. Because obviously the 49ers like to run, but Jimmy Jimmy G has to throw it a couple times. And I think they're gonna start off by throwing it a decent amount just to kind of see like how uh, the Chiefs like secondary goes, and then they're he Jimmy G is gonna end up throwing an interception, and then they're just gonna run it the rest of the game. See. I think you're really underselling the talent of Jimmy G. He just doesn't have to throw the ball. It's like, right? You, you, he, I, Jimmy G. I would take over about 15 starting quarterbacks in this league right now. No, oh, he definitely has talent. I know he has talent, but San Francisco's such a run team that he only has to throw it 10 times a game. But it's I still like think- it's like having a cheap. It's like having a nuclear. It's like having in Call of Duty. Like you have this. Um, like this instant, like you have this great secondary weapon or, you know, this great like number two thing you could use, but your number one item is so dominant, you never have to resort to it. That's what it comes to. It's like a video game where it's like, oh, our, our first option is so good. We never have to change it up. So I agree with you there. Um, for me, for the first turnover, I think it's going to be a strip sack by um, one of the defensive linemen, either uh, uh, Buckner, Bosa, D4, doesn't really matter to me. Uh, next up, speaking of sacks, who is going to get the first sack of the game? I say Nick Bosa. The To me, I really think that that first drive, they're not going to have to pass the ball a lot. The Niners won't. So, like, it's going to be the first play. I think the Chiefs when they get the ball first, that pass rush is gonna get is gonna catch them off guard. And Bose is the best lineman D lineman on that squad. He's gonna get in right away and get a sack. So Yeah, I think Bosa definitely has some talent. He's strong, he's quick, he's able to get to the quarterback. That's but my I think boy. Because, I think because of that, like I know Kelsey is like the top receiving tight end, but I think they're gonna use him more for a little more for blocking. I feel like they're gonna double Bosa more than they expect him to. So I'm gonna go with Armstead for the first sack. All right, that's that's a that's a reacher. I like it though. That's that's a that's a, that's a lower on the totem pole of uh, numbers. All right, and last but not least, will there be a special teams touchdown? Yes or no? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say yes. Miko Hartman scares the daylights out of me every time he touches that ball. Oh, he is so quick. So, yeah, all right, so there we go, guys. There are our five prop bets. Let's get to game picks. Mr. Langley um, has been on the San Francisco 49ers bandwagon. I think it's just because he misses his Patriots. Yeah. He, he's very unenthusiastic about the Super Bowl. It's I think he's still he's still ha- he's still upset that he, he won't get to see a Alabama or Patriots title this year. 
Um, Savannah, who you got? And you got five minutes on the floor, girl. Go crazy. Like I said, it's all going to be for me about Patrick Mahomes getting away from this pass rush. And like you said, he is an adjuster. He adjusts to this. So even if he has a turnover or, you know, they get off in the field and three and out the first one or two times, they've, they're known for the slower starts. Like they don't want to get behind, but like it's not necessarily a big deal to them if they're down a touchdown or 10 points. I think Patrick Mahomes has the arm. I think he has the – uh, scramble ability. I think he's going to confuse this 49ers defense a little too much. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. All righty. All right. So my best friend, Chris, shout out to my boy. Is a, he's, watched, he's one of the guys who watched the game this weekend. He's a diehard Niners fan. He's been telling me all week that they're the best team. And they are a, they are indeed the most dominant team. I've been, I had them more of a lock to make the title game than the Ravens did, because you know why? I trust their quarterback more, and I trust their head coach more. I look at that pass rush. You've got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, <laughs> DeForest Buckner, and D Ford. That is a D line. That looks like a D line you'd have in a Madden Ultimate team, not an actual team. You've got two of the fastest sideline to sideline linebackers in the league with Quan Alexander and Fred Warner. And you have one of the most experienced cornerbacks in the league and one of the best to ever do it, Richard Sherman. That being said, and on offense, you have a, a great running back by committee. I think Tevin Coleman being out is going to hurt them. But I think with also with George Kittle, who's a top three tight end, who's the best tight end in the league, in my opinion. And, you know, a very good young receiving core. Even if they take away the run, there's stuff to stop. It's gonna, it might get ugly with passing. So all signs... And I think it's it's really tough for me to do this to pick the 49ers. But there's something weird here that's that's got me thinking. Because I've watched football for now for probably 20 years. And in the 20 years I've been watching football, there are some th- memories I have of these certain people. This Super Bowl has got a lot of history in it. Former head coaches, former coordinators, former players – so let's get let's let's rack this one up quickly. Um, Savannah, who what was um, Mr. Shanahan Kyle Shanahan's job before he became the head coach of the 49ers? Not sure, but I know that he worked with. I know the whole big deal. He was, with- the, he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons when yeah. they lost twenty-eight to three. <laughs> All right. Who did Andy Reid coach for before he coached for the the Chiefs? Eagles. Yep. I got big love for Big Red. Savannah, how many points did did Patrick Mahomes drop on the Titans unanswered? Uh, 24. 24? Yeah. Then uh, 41 unanswered on the... Texans. Yeah, that's ridiculous. (laughs) So, the debate is, do you take the team that is good at clock management, running the football, hanging on to the ball, not giving away the ball, and getting after your quarterback when they're up on you? They are a team that is great at playing from in front. And the other corner 
you have a team that says, we don't care how much we're down by, we're still going to come after you. So, with that all being said, who am I going to pick? Because my head and my heart, my heart split. My head tells me San Fran. Every expert in the world says San Fran. My gut's saying a different shade of red. So, mm-hmm. who do I lean? I'm split here. But, when in doubt, when it's a championship fight like this, I gotta go with the DNA of the true fighter. I'm going with the former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, with the quarterback who sniffs out and destroys leads, and I'm going with the team who can bury you in 30 seconds flat. The one thing that scares me about the Niners is they don't play well from behind. The only game they did was against the New Orleans Saints, and that team chokes worse than the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not Chiefs winning 35-31, scoring 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter to win the game, finishing with a Jimmy G strip sack by Frank Clark. That's how it's going down. That's our show. We will see you guys Monday. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.